हेलो एंड वेलकम एवरीवन टू द सेवेंटींथ एपिसोड ऑफ इस पॉडकास्ट को क्या नाम दू ओ माय गॉड सेवेंटीन एपिसोड रिज एंड आई प्रोबेबली we are just so grateful for the amount of love you all have shown all our subscribers all our viewers thank you so much for tuning in where where we talking about an episode on uh, a show 10 years later but yeah before we start today's uh, episode just again a quick reminder to everyone we hope everyone is staying safe taking the vaccines as mandated in your countries all our thoughts and prayers are for people in india and worldwide we hope everyone is doing well but yes now back to our episode we have a guest with us today she is lela someone i have befriended with for a long time now and i am so glad that she's here on this podcast lela welcome thank you thank you so much for having me um i'm equally excited to be here uh this is my first podcast and um i'm so glad we could finally finally sit down um and find a time together where we can actually do this thank you for having me you're welcome so the first question that we ask anyone on this podcast is how did you come across ipk so i actually um found this when i was watching mile jabhat i would say um and i already knew sanaya from that show and because i loved the show and the two sort of overlapped when they were first aired yeah i was um i saw the clips um on youtube on the side in in, in the suggestions so i uh, checked it out and actually started off with the funny scenes first and that's how i actually got into the show and then um all the funny scenes where um hoshian arnav make each other mad <laughs> uh if i were to refer to a specific scene the one where um she threw chai at him and then later on she went for an apology so um i started with those scenes and then eventually i got into it and started watching it regularly that was honestly one of the funniest things in i think and god bless that youtube person who uploaded all the scenes so many people on this podcast actually ended up watching ipk yeah they ended up watching ipk because of that youtube uploader and now they have they have probably blocked that person's youtube videos but see anyone from starplus listening to this that is what got people into the show not the promos the youtube videos yeah yeah <laughs> I mean we didn't even have Star Plus and I I mean I don't know how um others mostly watched at the time but I would always watch it on YouTube right so one I guess advantage of YouTube is that it always connects the shows and the different audience and that's how I got into it I don't think I would have gotten into a show like that on my own if someone had told me about it and then um I think my friend was also into it and she is someone who loves um stories with love hate relationships and um she used to watch it too i think at the time and um yeah it was just something that uh became the topic of our discussions then that's interesting so today's track we are going to be discussing the whole um unfortunate track of where lavanya turns desi and you know she starts wearing all chimkila clothes and everything and proposes to arnav and arnav rejects that khushi and arnav have this massive argument about what is marriage and kushi learns that arnav is an orphan we we see we are up to the track where 
where Krishi learns that it is Ardav's parents, Parsi. So, we'll begin with what we liked. I know all the viewers over here by this point know that if we start with what we liked, then we're going to have quite a lot to talk about what we did like. But yeah, we'll start with what we liked. And for that, I'll just like to pick out on a few technical points. Aesthetically, there's just this one scene that really stood out is when the Lal Chunri, the pink fuchsia, I think, shade, falls on Kushi's head. And it is so beautifully shot. Like Sanaya has the most beautiful eyes. And this is also the time the artist had exactly the right kind of makeup on her like less is more so her eyes are all big and beautiful and there are these very intimate close-ups of her eyes his eyes but uh, what it means and it is absolutely stunning and the rubber way that plays it's so gorgeous it's so gorgeous and we also know that that Rabbave is a little bit significant for both of them because while Arnav does not believe in any of that, uh, what do you say, any of the crap that if the Patta falls, then these two people, he's also surprised to see on who it falls on. And there's that moment of softness and tenderness. And likewise, in uh, like for Kushi also, I think I really like that moment because she's speaking and then she's stunned and she absorbs what she just said at the impact of it. And I think it's very beautiful how she slowly looks at him while looking at the butter. I think um, just uh, adding on to what you said, because like half the time the two are always having these, you know, heavy discussions. And um, even in this one, I think they don't, necessarily realize until after they've talked about whatever it is all these big ideas and for this one um the falling of the dupatta was like you know them registering what we just said or what just happened and it's like you know uh all of a sudden puts them into a frenzy like uh at which after which they require like a moment or two to sit down and you know let it sink and add all the points together to make sense out of a situation so I think, and also because um, it was the way they were standing and the way it was framed, right? Where he's standing on the other side of the door, Lavanya in the middle, and then Arnav on the other side, and he throws it, but it falls on her. So it kind of puts Lavanya in an awkward situation. And that's almost like uh, summarizing their story in a way, right? That um, she she's there, but she didn't really you know, come in between on purpose. Um, so I, it's really hard for me to put it into words, but I think the whole the whole uh, cinematography of that scene and many others, um, it was poetic and it, it spoke volumes about their um, situation and feelings that they themselves didn't understand time, but they knew something was going on, something was changing. Indeed, indeed. And the second scene that was, very beautiful is it's after a scene that I don't really like a lot when Kushi like you know when Arnav threatens Kushi to show her what not having a character means is when he goes when the, the fuse box is out and Kushi is checking on it with Lavanya and Arnav follows her 
and I really like it that they chose to keep that entire scene in the dark and then Kushi, she strikes a match and she lights the candle and glow reflects on her face. And Arnav just stops. First of all, I love how they focus. I think one of the biggest strengths of, of the cinematography is they exactly know how to use their focus without overdoing it. Like, it's almost never too intentional. It's not like, here, look at a couple. It's like- Right. It's not too controlled, I would say. It's, 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 the intention is there, but it's also kind of let loose. Mm-hmm on purpose just so it could have that organic effect. I love it where they don't overexpose characters, something that you can see in in a lot of 2017, 2018 shows where there's so much of light that your eyes will bleed. So see Yeah, yeah. It's almost too mechanical, I think, at that point. Exactly. So seeing a scene over here where everything is in darkness and the only uh, we're supposed to assume the only source of light is the candle. It flickers so beautifully across Sanaya's face that it was it was genuinely stunning. It's a stunning moment. And I love their I really love their choice of background over here. It's not uh, it's not too dramatic. It's almost light and instrumental in nature. So it highlights the moment. You know the simpler the elements are to Right, right. It needs to be elemental, I guess, in order for them to really feel it, right? I also think the fact that it because it was in the pool side, it was um, the be- the the pool side is still very much his more than anyone else's in the house. I would say it's open for everyone; anyone can come, but nobody does because it's closest to him and his bedroom. Right? It's like an extension of his bedroom and his space. Um, that's what I got from it, and the fact that there was a candle, the water was reflecting from the pool. It was night. Lavanya was there too, so <laughs> I think there was that perfect amount of tension, but um, you know that flickering feeling as well. Indeed, and Kushi with a candle always reminds me of a moth attracted to a flame. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'm done with my technical points. Now we're going to other things that we liked in the show. Uh, Lela, why don't you go first? There was so much tension between Arnim and Kushi. Kushi was still um, mindful of the things she did that were considered wrong inherently on her part, which was being rude to him because in her head, he can do whatever she, she he wants, but she still does not have the right to be rude to him, even if she does talk back. It's kind of like... She doesn't want to be suppressed. She doesn't want to be used as a doormat, but she also doesn't want to be rude, right? And because Khushi is shown to be such a young girl, she can't really find the balance, but she has that intention to be in that balance that I think a lot of us try to do as well, right? You don't, you want to be firm, but you don't want to be too weak. You don't want to be, you know, too rude or anything of that sort. Um, so I think we got, we saw a glimpse of that. So that was really good. And then um, when Arna finds out about her parents, indirectly that was good because if he had found out earlier and without this interaction it wouldn't have been as impactful and the fact that he found out about her parents at his parents death anniversary I think it it kind of it just hit him right on the spot um, which made him later apologize for me that was a really good moment because um, from the beginning I, I wouldn't expect him to ever apologize for anything because he had this personality that I can never be wrong um, so for him to say sorry to a girl who he always um, 
looked down upon. I think that was a really big point in um, in the show, in his life, and in his character development. I think I absolutely agree about uh, your point of Kushi seeking apologies when she when she makes a mistake. I think uh, it makes Kushi very human because we have this whole problem in the second half of the show where Kushi is whitewashed into a moral, ethical deity and she cannot make any mistake. And I think that makes her very flat as a character in the second half. But over here, I really like that Kushi trips, she makes mistakes and she's constantly trying to achieve that balance. Some of the other things that I love in this track in general is I, just putting out there, I love Mami because her comic timing is out of this world. Like, the, her di- I think that's a constant like in all the shows, I'll only, in all the episodes, I'll only point out in certain moments when she crosses a line, but in general, her dialogues, her comedy. And then uh, some of the other things that I absolutely love is overall, I really like Shashi and Kushi's bond in the episodes. It is beautiful. Shashi and Kushi, the way a protective father, this is a character who we really miss a lot in the second half of the show because this character, he's so protective of Kushi. He loves her. He he'll do anything to be and support his daughter. Like, it does not matter for him that Sham is showing interest in Kushi. Shashi knows that Kushi is not reciprocating that interest. And that is very important. So Shashi rocks. He is the perfect feminist uh, father. Yeah, yeah. So he- and I think he was the only one who because everyone else in the family for example Buaji and um, Garima they were just so uh, distracted by the fact that there's a guy who wants to marry her despite that scandal that they weren't they couldn't think past that but Shashi he could actually think about things that the whole family wasn't right so it's like finding those moments in the chaos that um, that are actually needed right that are that that could it's like for you know uh looking into the future and seeing what could go wrong when no one's talking about it so he actually stepped out of that chaos true and some of the other things like just in connection with uh the whole uh shashi thing i i really like it that he's a he's a constant character who is suspicious of what sham is doing so he's basically the audience sham is my ultimate favorite he one of the best villains that I've seen. So I think I really like the way uh, Sham would cover his footsteps, making adjustments here and there. And I also like how he, at times, he would get careless in the process. Like, okay, we know later on that all of this was kind of useless because Sham really does not get revealed until a long time later. So it's frustrating. But for now, it almost feels like Sham is right at the edge of being caught. So there is that excitement that's being built. And there I love um, related to Sham, uh, Shashi and Sham and the whole thing. I like that on the other end, Anjali is noticing how absent Sham is becoming and creating a discord in the marriage. And this was so important because again, it's midway into the show, we have Anjali becoming blind in devotion for Sham. 
I never required Anjali to question Sham where he is or anything, but I always, I really appreciated the moments they showed that Anjali knew something was off, but she would control herself before she would question uh, Sham about any of this. I really liked that. And now coming back to Arnav and Kushi, what did I like about these two? I understand Arnav's anger on his parents' barsi because I went like, oh, hell no, when Kushi said, oh, even Arnav is doing puja, and she's like, oh, shit, it's his parents' anniversary. I, I really like it. His anger is very justified there. Also, what I really liked about his whole parents' death and everything is that Arnav learns about Kushi being an orphan in the least, um, how do I say, least contrived way possible. Like, it does not look like Kushi is telling that to relate with him or anything. It's another fact. It's another fact of her life. And I absolutely love it that Kushi learning about Ardav being a good guy, like buying, buying pigeons for a little girl or knowing that he has also suffered the same trauma. While it makes Kushi aware that Ardav is not completely who she thinks he is, it's also pretty much the same. Like the dynamics don't shift a lot. And I think that is very necessary because television shows often go through like this one act of goodness or this one trauma completely justifies a person. That's not the case for Arnav and Kushi. What I genuinely love is that Kushi has an internal shift of how she views Arnav. She realizes that she's been viewing him in a very 2D version. And she realizes that there is more about this person and she should think twice before trying to understand what kind of human being he is. But I also absolutely love the fact that Kushi does not change in how she treats him, although she probably understands him. I think the confusion that was always there um, regarding his personality and regarding how he is as a person um, and just like whether he's a good person, whether he's an evil guy, because, you know, that's how she took him at one point, right? I think it's very natural because if, if you think about it, even in um, real life, it's like, this is what, like it's, it takes us a while to completely, you know, make a strong opinion about someone um, because either we think very highly of them and then there are these pockets of moments where they're acting the opposite, right? Um, or we just label them as this crazy person or this negative person. Then we see these moments where they are the opposite of that. Um, so I think that's what happened with her where she would see him like, you know, completely unexpected. And even I guess he just does it out of habit or whatever you may call it. but. Um, like sort of in an unplanned way would just you know um, try to help someone um and i think for, even for arnav because he has spent so much time building these walls around him that he doesn't realize that you know the goodness in him is coming out because in his head he's still that ceo that crazy guy that you know someone um the rich guy who can control everything so i think that was very human because a lot of times we um, we end up doing things we don't understand, but it just comes up as just just for, you know, because we're human. Yes. And I think one thing the whole Barsi track does very well is show us where Arnav's anger is justified and where he crosses that line. 
think they do a really brilliant job of showing that Arnav ignoring Khushi, Arnav being angry, Arnav being upset that someone is trying to sympathize with him, even though he's telling that person to step away, is very natural. And it's also very natural to show that even though Khushi is trying to sympathize with him, trying to tell him that she sees his mother's eyes in him, like she does not know the circumstance of the death, right? She does not know the personal relationships. She is projecting her own pain and what she would believe is important to her, to him, to kind of help him out. So I think his anger over there is very nice. And they show that he crosses a line when he thinks he's the only person who might have suffered this fate or when he takes it down to assassinate her character, telling her that she might be crying or empathizing to get more money. Like, I really like how they show the distinction between where his anger was valid and where he crossed a line. Yeah. Like, I like how it wasn't just like, you know, back to back. Um, There was that processing time that usually a person requires um, for self-reflection. Exactly, that is there. And I absolutely love this scene where Arnav sees this little child crying, gives her his hanky. She blows her nose into it and he's kind of like... It is so beautiful. I think uh, that whole scene was so wholesome to see that little child give Arnav a kiss on his cheek and just like go away. And I can totally say that he put Aman onto task of finding where her father is and paid for his hospital bills and everything. Like pretty much that happened. We're pretty sure that happened. I think what I really loved about that scene is that you are seeing a different side of Arnav, but again, it's not a different personality. I like it that this moment is tied into like several months later when they're going to get remarried, where she's like, I know I saw you at the temple and he's surprised. He's like, oh, okay. And I really love it how it's interwoven later because this is the scene. Like if we ever had to pick a scene and be like, when did Arnav's, uh, when did Kushi change her opinion of Arnav? You can pinpoint it to the scene. And it was very beautifully done. And I think the way the child asked about where are your parents, the way the kid was, I wanted them to adopt that kid later instead of <laughs> just like go and find that kid, adopt that child. That child is so cute. And yeah, that completes my list of everything I liked in this track. Oh, how could I forget the most important thing? I think I absolutely loved Kushi and Lavanya's friendship. Yeah, yeah. The way it changed over time. Them dancing to a hero, to a zero. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think Lavinia truly finds a friend who she can be crazy with. Because there's almost everyone expecting some kind of behavior or they have some kind of expectation. And then there's Kushi who's like, be silly with me. Yeah, Is yeah. It- and that's, I guess, like even before... Um, like bef- before she even met Kushi, she was, you know, like um, acting a certain way because of all these societal pressures of wanting a certain lifestyle, right? Or being in a relationship with a certain type of person. You have to do this. You have to do that. But I wish she she had made a comeback later on and maybe the three of them had some conversation. All right. I think then this is the perfect time for us to shift to things we did not like. I just start with the technical things. Uh, one thing that is very visible over here is I 
I don't know what happened. I don't know if their cameras broke or something for a day or if the editor did something. But for these set, there's a set of episodes that are extremely saturated, have very sharp contrast, their exposure is off. And for some reason, those few episodes they looked cheap i don't know i think i mean we are spoiled at this point we are spoiled with a certain kind of production level and aesthetic and camera quality it's like uh, it's like as if they were using the cameras that was being used for saath nabhana sathya i don't know what happened because they were like very uh, at that point of time in 20 2010 20, 2010 2011 it was very saturated so but yeah coming to other dislikes Lela, do you want to quickly rattle off what all you disliked? I think um, like these just kind of piggybacking on um, the technical issues that you mentioned. I think um, there were times when I just something was off with, with Arnav's look or Hoshi's look and that really threw me off because um, there were times when their looks were on point. For example, Arnav always had this hairstyle but it changed drastically by the end. And um, a lot of times you could tell it just wasn't, you know, he had, he was, he got ready in a rush or something. And I think for a very strong character like Ernav, you have to be uh, mindful of these things. And um, it comes, it usually comes from the director. Like he just, you know, he needs to be very, very critical of these things because I think for Ernav, like it makes all the difference, right? Because his, movements and his words are very subtle for the most part and they're impactful that way but if these things are off then it's just, <laughs> like it makes me uncomfortable i think arnav's you know uh flare-ups but i guess that was just his character um the way it was it was more of a personal thing that i didn't like um but I think that's something that everyone has with Arnav. His, his character was just so um, strong and powerful in that way that um, not people do get <laughs> a bit annoyed by certain things he does or says. Some of the things that I disliked about this track is I hated what outfits Lavanya came up with. I did not understand for the life of me why Lavanya would turn into Kushi 2.0. I get it that she's being guided by Kushi. Again, a very like, probably the biggest turnoff for me in IPK was Lavanya dressing up as another Kushi. Like, even her materials, I was just like, why can't she be wearing like chiffon and Arkali's or like, you know, like, of a fixed. To see, I think it 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 just looked like Hoshi slapping outfits on her, but it could have been like a joint decision between Hoshi and Lavanya. So it could have like the outfits could speak for that. Um, I mean, if Lavanya, it, it's 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 a no brainer. She's Lavanya has been into fashion, right? So she would have some say in this matter, right? But it seemed like her it was completely gone, and she was just blindly listening to her. So I I do I do see where you're coming from and I do also wish that she did have a bit more of a say in this whole matter yes and it really it was very problematically done because it did not look we never got a scene where we see that Lavinia is actually interested in dressing up a certain way but she restrains herself or that 
she actually likes the chamkila factor and and she does want to wear clothes like that we don't get any of that and i hated how much krishi interfered in this relationship that we get over here it was too much for sure i mean in this point i think arnold's reaction is completely different. i would do something like that too right like um influence and guidance is one thing but completely meddling is another thing which she was doing and i think it was to a point where it seemed like khushi was more active in the relationship than lavanya yeah so and which is why which is precisely why i hate that i hate the way lavanya proposes ardav is i my sympathies for that guy because first of all arnav how much ever whatever his feelings are for lavanya is for lavanya kashyap the woman who understands him the woman whom he has an unsaid agreement and someone who gets his point of view of the world so it is terrible because at no point has lavanya had an actual conversation with arnav with regards to strengthening their relationship or moving forward with it and he just bombards him in the middle in front of his whole family will you marry me that to in a proposal not written by her it's written by exactly and i think it's like it would be justified if arnav not just angry but also hurt because the things that are being thrown at him aren't you know truly from the person who is throwing them at him right like if it's you know it's it's an insult at his love let's say he was in love with her genuinely right um and i think it like it would have made sense if let's say khushi is putting this idea into lavanya's head that oh you should get married and not just do a live in but how that proposal is executed should have been only and only lavanya's idea because i'm sure she had something in mind when she was his girlfriend right so it the, the proposal should have reflected that lavanya exactly and the whole lavanya ko desi bana aur lavanya's entire thing to marry arnav should have come from it that should have been lavanya's own decision i do, i completely hated it as to how they made lavanya as khushi's minion in these episodes. exactly it was more like a puppet and it's like he literally resents that woman and now he has to deal with two of them yeah, and it, it's it's like more than more than resentment i can get why arnav you see we understand that arnav knows that he's attracted to khushi but he also knows that given their difference of thought there is no plausible way like i don't think arnav ever considers him and khushi as a possibility of being together at that point at that point yeah, yeah there is at no point does arnav even think that he and khushi can be a couple like he knows he's attracted he's attracted and i think he was trying to deal with all that mess like already and then um it's already bad enough that he has to deal with his um interaction and attraction with khushi and now lavanya is there who he's just trying to understand his equation with her but because she's acting like khushi it it makes things even more complex right like he he's it's really hard for him to wrap his head around the whole situation so and he's doing what he does best and i find the proposal to be violating arnav's consent in so ways i found it like uh, if cuz like you don't propose without without a conversation yes you propose without a conversation that too you don't propose in private you propose in front of all the family members who have been pressurizing him to get married for a long time and one of the dialogues that i absolutely hate is when 
Lavinia is upset that I'm, first of all, I really marvel the way Arnav handled it in, in public. Arnav does not say anything. He just walks away and he's like, we'll talk about this later. But one of the things that I absolutely hate is when Lavinia consults Kushi and then consults Anjali, like when she consults both of these women, the other women are like, well, if he didn't say yes, he didn't even say no. So there might be like, he did not refuse. It's like he, um, she, like whatever she's doing, it's more to um, please the family members than him. And it's, it's, it's like it would obviously push her, push him away from her because he never liked the traditions and the ways that his family followed in the first place. Hence, he'd wanted to do live-in instead of marriage that his family proposed, right? But now the girl who he liked is more like the family he he didn't hate, but like he didn't like their ways or he didn't like, he wasn't like them. Um, so now he's, he's like, it's, I think it makes perfect sense for him to walk away from her, right? And um, it's like every point of the way, she's constantly poking at him with this thing that, oh, um, let's do this, let's do that. But it's all for the family and not necessarily for him, which is kind of like, you know, how some of the arranged marriages happen. Yeah, and I feel Anna's reaction would have been softer if this was a very private conversation where Lavinia told him that she does see a future and she she wants to ask him if, if he sees a future as well. I think that would have been a conversation that would have had a much better outcome. This one was very poorly written, if you ask me. And I hated that that they tried to portray that Arnav is a villain for refusing the marriage where I'm just like, if I if I was in a relationship, I don't want to get married. My boyfriend Jason changes like overnight and then bombards me with this question. Like when, and also Arnav has made it very specific that he does not want to think about marriage. Exactly. And now even more so because the person he liked isn't even the same person anymore. And what really hurts me is that in this whole equation, they're not considering what has been Arnav and Lavanya's relationship they they think they can change Arnav overnight with exactly exactly I think this is a point where you know someone from the family should have sat down with Arnav or Lavanya and I think more so Lavanya and just like kind of had that conversation that um kind of like from a neutral point of view that this is what you guys were before this is what's happening just like think about this or think about that instead of just kind of pulling all sorts of theatrics at him exactly and while as much as I understand Arnav in this whole sequence there is only one moment that I did not love uh, about him so one thing about IPK that I generally appreciate is Arnav and Krishi's relationship apart from a very few specific scenes is very mutual, it has a lot of consent, and they both are attracted to each other, and they both allow each other into their private spaces. It is unsaid, um, it's an unsaid hug that they, a right that they tend to each other. But then there are, there are a few scenes that is very problematic, and I hate it when people romanticize it. One of them is this scene that happens when Arnav wants to talk to Kushi about this whole about the misguiding, misleading Lavanya into marriage because he knows very well that Kushi is the one who is who has been misleading Lavanya correctly. So because at no point are we seeing that Lavanya herself is invested into this. We see her becoming enamored with Kushi's idea of marriage. We are 
never given a clear picture that love this is something lavanya herself wants to invest in so what i don't like about this scene is kushi enters the house no one is there at home except except arnav and he's like you know slowly he okay i get it he tries to talk to her she tries to evade it and i'm like she knew she did not do anything wrong she would have had a full fledged conversation with him while i hated whatever kushi did he corners her he prevents her from leaving the room by closing the door closing the windows it is very problematic and it bordered on sexual harassment i think it it was harassment completely because uh, again kushi is very wrong to call him characterless only because he does not fit into the stereotypical expectations of society from a man i would be so, i would so be with arnav if he yelled at her and he's like how dare you call me characterless but the fact that arnav responds with grabbing kushi's hand pulling her in at a very uncomfortable distance he is he is way stronger than kushi and he was knows that and he was flexing that cuz kushi could not get out of his grasp and then there's this one moment where he pulls her even close body to body front to front and just like i'm just saying that is so horrific and he's like i'll show you what's character like his voice goes down to a whisper and he's like i'll show yeah i remember that and i hated him in that moment and kushi has to start crying and she's like oh no i did not mean that and he's like what did you not mean then he lets her go and that is harassment and i think if he wanted to create that horror and that terror in her and scare her or threaten her it could have been done outside of the harassment factor no, you see lala i don't see the point of him even terrifying her like what does he want to but i mean looking from his perspective even from his perspective like i could completely get arnav saying that with what are you calling me characterless how can you like he can judge on what he can judge on what it means about kushi's uh, moral idea or yeah definition of character yeah yeah if she calls people characterless like uh, just because he has not uh, quote and quote misbehaved with her yet it does not mean he's not characterless the fact that that is the response he had very shows what kind of a man he can be and it was it was terrible i have always appreciated when arnav averted his eyes when khushi was uncomfortable or things like that this, right 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 this particular scene i completely could not digest because he like really gets her into a very uncomfortable intimate and the fact that it was in his room it, it was just uh, terrifying it could have been i guess like i mean i still don't like the fact that he had to twist her wrist but um i think yelling alone um just trying to clarify my point uh, from before um yelling alone could have terrified her and it would have it would have had the same effect he was trying to do without scaring her in the harassment um you know how do i say this like without causing you know because it, the, there were two fears right like one fear was that he's definitely like obviously angry because of what she's done but then what he might do in response to that so there were these two fears i mean i could see um in khushi's head um but i think he could have just 
yelled at her and you know caused that one fear instead of the harassment fear and that would have been enough yep no that is and what i absolutely hate is one he leaves bruises on her again yeah 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 bruises that stay for a long time like if any bruise does not go in 5 minutes then his grip was brutal for sure yeah and they had a rubber way play over those bruises and arnav just like quiet reflection on what he did and i'm just like no he harassed a woman does does that even count no he should have thought about it day more than that like it should have impacted her and especially because he's shown to be this sensitive guy then he should have thought about it like over and over right like if 24 hours later the bruises are still there and um like i'm for right now i'm thinking of that scene where he held her arm when he was trying to apologize and she just didn't want to talk to him and then the next day he saw the bruises so it's just mind boggling because those bruises weren't even there because of his anger they were there because he was trying to apologize so it it just doesn't add up in your head right like if he can be so aggressive while he's trying to make things up imagine how crazy it would be if he was if he was hating on her at that point right and he should have thought about that like he, no amount of stories are enough unless you actually fix that and i actually i really do wish they had some sort of conversation later on when they were married or some sort of reflection that you know these were the damages that need to be healed yeah and in in short he made her feel unsafe and that is yeah. not the kind of a guy you want to marry if at any exactly and there was no there was no mention of it later or like it's like when she fell in love with him it, everything was just out the window like i get it you can still i think you can um acknowledge both things that yeah i do have feelings for this guy but at the same time he has these you know aggressive traits that i can't um unsee like right? how do i say during the whole guest house episode when they're both yelling at each other's faces and and she faints and when all of that drama even happens they're at a very close distance like they're very close like right up like you know they're right at each other's faces when they're like yelling but at no point are both of them uncomfortable with that distance with the lack of distance so it makes uh, it makes that moment um, acceptable but over here i i have to delete this memory from my head to to have them end up together like this is um, yeah no harassment is not good another thing i forgot to mention about what i liked is um, i absolutely love arnav and anjali's bond i think that moment when he hugs her because he's terrified of his parents death i think it was so beautifully done like he at least some like you know shows how that child is still there yes yes and i absolutely loved anjali and khushi's conversation like how much strength i truly marveled at anjali's strength that it's the day her parents died but still has the strength to console somebody else that was beautiful I think Anjali is that person who also connects Khushi and Arnav in a way. Like she was always that um I guess mode of communication when things were too heated between them to have a straight conversation. And I think Anjali was very well aware that she's that um that that link between the two and she had the power to um 
reconcile and make things better between the two. So I think I really like that, like as opposed to the typical sister-in-law relationships that we are so used to seeing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now I think we can come to a point of focus, which is going to be about the whole concept of marriage that they sell over here. From Lavinia proposing to Arnav to like this whole marriage argument that Arnav and Kushi have. It's very clear that the show is promoting the basic thing that marriage is the righteous thing to do. And anyone who does not uh, abide by these rules are, is someone who's flawed or someone who needs to be corrected. And I find it very interesting because when Arnav has that argument with Kushi, he puts the whole blame of marriage on her and Kushi responds with, marriage is not an idea that I created. Two people have trust and faith and they want to spend their life with each other. I found that very valid. Like the institution of marriage, I think I found that really right. What I found problematic in this whole thing is one, the judgment that anyone not following marriage is characterless or is a terrible human being or anything when in general Arnav is more Arnav is someone I can empathize with because Arnav's lack of belief in marriage does not stem from him insulting that institution because he idolizes Sham and Anjali he idolizes what they share he has a lot of love for anyone like Arnav does not even hesitate when Pail and Akash want to get together that's not his thing his disbelief in marriage stems from a very traumatic memory so I find it very strange that they try to paint him a bill, uh, paint him as a villain when it comes to marriage, when in reality for him it's probably not the right decision. What are your thoughts on this? I think, um, like I agree with what you've said, but I also think, you know, it's it's also the fact that. He's he's not necessarily opposing marriage because he has something against it, but yes, his his um, traumatic experience has like plays a part for sure. But I think it also has to do with the fact that he's not gonna get married unless he feels the need to, right? Like if he thinks he can get that companionship, that uh, partnership in a live-in relationship, then he won't bother with the marriage, especially because he doesn't believe in all in all of those um, rituals and um, sermons and all those things. Um, the day he starts believing in them, the day he thinks it, it plays some sort of value, then he will go with it. But right now, it's the idea doesn't appeal to him because he simply doesn't see any value in it, right? Why do you need to sign the contract when you can just choose to live? And it's for him, it's not that, oh, just because you signed that marriage contract, you're automatically this um, person who, um, you know, who's loyal and who who becomes the best spouse and whatever right it has to come from within you and you shouldn't be relying on a contract for that i think that's very wonderfully put (laughs) yes i think that indeed summarizes uh, marriage i think my uh, one of my biggest gripes with the way this show deals with marriage is i mean one thing i find that maybe they were making a commentary on marriage because two women who blindly believe in the institution are anjali and kushi and they both have terrible marriages 
And on the flip side, Arnav, who really does not put much importance into it, ends up finding his happily ever after. He's comfortable with his partner. And Lavanya, who was trying to compensate for the lack of emotional connect in the relationship and trying to enforce the marriage, also ends up breaking up with that partner. So I maybe on a wider, on a larger scale, there was a commentary on what marriage is truly about which is the companionship. Yeah, and I think it was sort of an eye-opener for Hushi too, that just because you're in this contract doesn't automatically make things blissful for you, right? It, it 100% depends on the person and their nature. So um, it could also go to the other extreme where people think just because I'm in a contract, I have the license to do anything and everything I want which Hushi sort of believed, right? She didn't really think upon it too much, but she believed that, oh, because just because I married someone, I have to, you know, always put my, put them first, always like, you know, stick to it, whatever, no matter what. But I think fate sort of showed her that it could be the other way around too, right? So you may not want to go into it blindly. Like she sort of had that idea before. Correct, correct. Yeah, so maybe on the whole, on a larger scale, IPK was kind of giving us a different commentary because we say that Kushi's, um, it's a funny way to see that Kushi's um, judgment of Arnav not wanting to marry weighs with more her family pressurizes her to marry Sham. Like she slowly and gradually gets into understanding this whole thing that perhaps like just because someone finds you marriageable and someone finds this other person that everyone else is telling you to marry, it might not be the right decision. So I found that change very interesting. But over here, like the main clash of ideologies that Arnav and Kushi have is basically like the crux of their um, their difference. Like, you know, Arnav goes upon thinking that you have put this in Lavanya's brain, you have done this, you are responsible. It's also a very interesting way as to how Arnav deals with problem. Like he narrows it down to one person. And Kushi just breaks that. I think I always loved the way Arnav and Kushi argued pre-marriage because he would say X, Y, Z and she would respond with fact, fact, fact. And she'd be like, I did not create marriage. I could have told Lavani about it. Like, what really matters is she's interested in it. Like, I did not do it. And probably you don't understand what marriage is. Marriage is true companionship. Right. But I think she sees the world very like in a linear way. Uh, versus the way he sees it right Um, for her it was like okay like the way she has been raised she used to think the whole world functions like that and there are no alternatives things are always like this if you get married this like because her parents taught her that the only way to be with someone is marriage that's how things should be and that's how things will only work out in other people's lives as well so she puts her opinion as a matter of fact (laughs) but like, and I think, yes, we agree that she didn't create this institution of marriage, but the way she's presenting it, she's not presenting it the way marriage is. She's presenting it the way she thinks marriage is. Indeed. I think that is, uh, again, it's a very justifiable argument because you have two opinions of what marriage can be. That whole contradiction was beautifully done until Arnav goes a step ahead and does that crappy thing. I think that was a very beautiful argument. And and you see how Kushi's opinion and, and even Arnav's, like, you know, they, 
it mellows and changes over time until again she gets whitewashed into this moral dilemma who thinks it's right to bring sham back because he is anjali's husband i don't consider that kushi canon but i think for food for thought it's a very interesting way of seeing marriage as a wholesome companionship between two people who want to pursue that kind of commitment with each other and it's not the only way to commit to another person so yeah and i think it was very um interesting the way things changed both for anur and khushi after marriage for khushi it was like um you know marriage can be a beautiful thing but it can also be a terrible thing right depending on your circumstance and the person you are sort of stuck with um and how painful it can be because now like a lot of people in like if you think about it in the real world start to live double lives because of kind of marriage they're in right and all of a sudden you have so much pressure because um being in a non marriage relationship is one thing and it's much easier to go in and out of that than being in a marriage right it just have the societal pressure regardless of what you think it is right so an individual would always feel that pressure and for arnav he never had um he never looked at marriage in that light but afterwards when he lived with her even though he hated her at the beginning but the way things changed he got used to having someone at home and even though khushi was doing this to annoy him he just so started feeling like a married man right like having arguments with your wife and him her being annoying and what not he started being open to the idea that it may not be the worst thing after all and this is what companionship actually looks like you know um once practiced yeah so i think it it does happen in real life too right like when people are scared of marriage but when they get married they they see how it is and a lot of times our thoughts are um scarier than the actual situation which i think may have happened somewhere down the road with arnav right like um he hates khushi then he sees all these sides of her that he didn't see before and he starts to reanalyze um her character in his head even though he's still trying to hate her but um he learns all these little things about her that you only learn once you live with the person mm-hmm. indeed indeed and i think uh, i think ipk is also not so linear when it tries to battle as to what of it's so it. multifaceted you <laughs> it's it's really hard to um yeah it's yeah. really dependent on how people perceive it to be like on a very direct scale then yes they are saying that marriage is the true optimum but if you see anyone who has changed marriage because it is society like it is right according to society have actually end up with the, ended up with a breaking with a breakup or with terrible marriages so it's a thought but yeah thank you so much lela thank you so much for being a part of the podcast thank you for having me it was so wonderful to have this conversation with you yeah but thank you thank you to everyone who heard us thank you for all the subscribers thank you guys it is always exciting to see another new subscriber to the channel let us know what all you'd like to hear from us but from but that's all thank you